G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today, my guests are Steve and Ainsley Aparana. Now, they've been travelling all around the world, all around Australia and New Zealand, performing uh, in uh, clubs, pubs, churches, on the street, festivals, wherever. And I've been uh, following these guys ever since I was a young whippersnipper, and it's a, a real honour to have them in the studio. Uh, welcome along, Steve and Ainsley. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, thank you. Hi there. Thanks Good to for see you. Us. Good to be here. Nice now, let's find out a, a little bit of your story. So let's start with Ainsley. Whereabouts are you born and raised? Uh, born in Brisbane, in Wavell Heights. Okay. And um, spent my young years there, went to university at um, UQ, mm-hmm. and then um, took myself to New Zealand, where I, I kind of... Always thought I was a Kiwi. Yeah. Grew up with parents who were from New Zealand, so that made me a Kiwi, I thought. Yeah. So I went to New Zealand and discovered that I was actually a Aussie. Yep, yep, okay. So, um... And tell me about your faith journey. My faith journey. Uh, when I was 14 or 15, we had a, a guy come and preach at our church, and he um, challenged us and said, um, who would like to become a Christian? And... Um, this was a youth group of maybe a hundred people, and every one of those hundred went out awesome to the vestry, and we gave our hearts to the Lord. Awesome. And um, I'll I'll never forget that time because um, while we were standing there praying, I felt God take me through all the th- times, or not all of them, ob- obviously, but sh- just showed me various times when through my life since I was very small, He'd been there for me. Wow. And um. Yeah, changed changed my life yeah. forever. It was like a light turned on in my head that um, I hadn't um, known before, and suddenly life made sense. Yeah. yeah. And what kind of church was that in? Presbyterian. Prezi Church. Yeah. Praise God. That's wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> okay. And Steve, tell us your story. Where are you from, my brother? I'm from a town in the middle of the North Island of New Zealand called Rotorua. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how many percent, but something like 80% Māori. Okay. Uh, and that's the Aboriginal people from New Zealand. That's what they called. <laughs> that's what they call themselves. Yep, yep. But I went to Christchurch when I was about sixteen, mm-hmm. and um, I used to go to the Christian drop-in centres there. Oh, really? Yeah, because they would because uh, we were rough and tough, you know, street kids. Yeah, uh, that was the only place that would let you go in without having to change your clothes or or scrub up. <laughs> and so we would go there. And uh, the good thing about this one, it had music gear. Uh-huh. They had an old amplifier, which I've actually got at home. Uh, and an old set of drums, and all my mates, you know, we fancied ourselves as musicians. Yeah. So we'd get up and have a go, and that's what drew us to that, to the drop-in centre. Yeah, yeah. And on the Sunday night, 
they put on a church service, which we would attend, because after the church service, they give you any amount of uh, toasted sandwiches free. Yeah. And that was good for our budget, because, uh, you know, we uh, didn't have a lot of money and stuff like that. So we used to go to these things and listen to people's testimonies and listen to them singing songs and you know, hopefully we didn't we didn't really want to listen to it, but we were just waiting for the free toasted sandwiches. But you know, the message of God got in there, and eventually, uh, a guy, uh, uh, one of the guys, said, "Why don't you start a band, and uh, I'll be your manager?" So we said, "Okay, if we can use all the the the, the club's uh, gear." Yeah. So we we had, we were learning all these songs, and and then one day the manager added, uh, we had a break in our practice, and. And we said to the manager, you, you're a Christian, aren't you, Andrew? He said, yes, I am. I said, how come? He said, well, I love Jesus. I said, yeah, but you're just as bad as us. I've heard you swearing, you smoke cigarettes like a train, and you're lazy, you've kind of turned down, people want you to help them, and you say, no, I can't be bothered. I said, that's not a Christian, is it? He said, uh, well, I am a Christian. He says, he says, I'm not a good one. He says, but I love Jesus, and Jesus is more important to me than anything else in my life, and I thought, and we all thought this at the time we found out, we thought, oh, are you allowed to do that? Because I thought you had to scrub up and, uh, you know, I thought you've got to get yourself sorted out before you even think of looking at God, but he said, no, you don't, you just do it wherever you are, whenever you want to, and I thought, wow, and all of a sudden, access to God became a lot more realistic and a lot more approachable, Yeah, and uh not long after that, maybe a month or so, we, we started talking about God all from that time on. And a month ago, we met up with his dad and said, oh, we want to become Christians. And we did it. We uh, He got us, you know, kneeling on his floor in his green room in the vicarage and led us through the sinner's prayer. Wow. And we did it. And the first thing after we said, as soon as we finished praying, we said, well, what if we change our mind? And uh, the vicar said, you go right ahead and change your mind. He said, you've made a deal with God. God won't never let you go. Wow. And that's been my case. This is 50 years ago, mate. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, God, it's been there. He's still there. Yeah. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. And did your life change much after that? Well, it was took a 10 years of seasonal in and out. Yep. You know, I kind of changed my mind a few times. Yeah. But like, um, you know, like that minister said, God never, ever left me. Wow. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have a hard time, you know, when I'm kind of like out on drugs or because I was in a rock and roll band, you know, we did tour uh, New Zealand and uh, and stuff, and uh, we were starting to get a name for ourselves. And so there was a toss up between do I want to carry on this or you know it, things aren't working. The, the the scene plus my relationship with God and got my relationship with God was taking a real back seat. Yeah, in fact, you know, right down the back. But um, one day our bass player wanted to leave the band and and get his marriage sorted out, and so. The other guitar player and I said, well, why don't we just really seek God and find out if this whole thing is true? And then if not, we'll just get on with our career. Like I said, that was 50 years ago. And we're still both here and, you know, following the Lord. And uh, mm. it's been a, a real blessing and a rescue thing because a lot of my mates were thieves and burglars and, uh, you know, street fighters and stuff. And uh, mm. quite a lot of them are not around anymore. But... Um, God rescued me right at the at the proper time, I believe, and so I'm very grateful for it. And I know that you used to tour with bands like Black Sabbath and Split Ends and Crowded House and all that back in the day. Um, how did you first get into Christian music? Well, straight away. We wanted to 
I started writing Christian songs, you know, things from the Bible. I think I wrote a song about uh, the Sermon on the Mount, that's oh, another yeah. poor in spirit. Yeah. But I never, we never ever did it because we, whenever we go to gigs, you know, they want to hear Jimi Hendrix and Santana. And at that time, we were quite cool about that. And uh, But, you know, like I said, our relationship got kind of a bit ha- um, hampered. Plus, I had the sticker on my thing because it was the Jesus movement, you know, 71. Yeah. I had turned to Jesus. And you'd see guys like Dragon and Split End. They'd say, well, what's that all about? And I'd say, oh, I'm, one, you know, I'm a Christian. i say, oh, okay. And then two months later, I'm out of it. And they see me at the end. Well, where's the Christian thing? Oh, no, mate. Too tough. Too <laughs> tough. And then later on, when I met the guys from Dragon, you know, like five years later, and they were real huge. And I remember Tom, uh, no, um, Mark Hunter saying to me, what do you do these days? I said, well, I'm a gospel singer. I'm touring with a guy called Don Francisco. And he says, are you still into that? I said, yeah. He says, oh, well, we didn't think you were going to laugh. And um, so, you know, meeting up with these guys, I had to get out of the scene, mm. you know, because if you stay in the scene and the scene kind of takes over your life. But yeah. I was very grateful because the other guitar player and I, we kind of encouraged each other. And then we got involved with local churches, and I got involved with uh, the fellowship that Angie was going to in Christchurch called Judah. Yeah. And they got together during the Commonwealth Games in 1974 in Christchurch yep. and as a as a ministry team. And then they just carried on meeting as a kind of a house group thing. Mm, so. mm. And I'd love to know from you, Ainsley, uh, tell us your love story. How did you and Steve, <laughs> how did you and Steve Apparata meet? <laughs> well, when I first met Steve, he was sitting in a caravan playing a guitar, had hair like this all over his face, down down to his waist, and um, he was a friend of a, a, a friend that I'd met. This was in Christchurch, and um, he started coming to the the meeting, like he said that we used to go to. So for about six years, we were just friends. You know, I actually um, I had a car, which was um, my biggest. Um, Asset. Asset. <laughs> no one else had cars, so um, so I, w- I became the driver of the band that he played with, and and I, I'd always think, oh, why can't I pl- why can't I sing in your band? But um, that didn't happen. And then one day, Steve said to me, um, oh, how would you like to sing a song with me? And I said, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually wanted to ask if I could take her out, but I chickened out halfway through. I said, would you like to? Uh, uh, Sing a song with me. <laughs> nice pickup line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we um, we did start singing that song. I think it's one we still sing today. Um, Ruth's song, a song that Steve wrote about the story of Ruth. A beautiful, beautiful song, and it's um, been a song that we probably sang at many, many wed- weddings, but many, many church services and all sorts of places. Yeah. So a bit of a theme song for us too, mm-hmm. um, particularly as it's about culture and um, changing, you know, sharing your cultures. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's how we got together. We got married very soon after, well, six years after we met and about only six months after that particular time when he asked me to sing that song. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, the rest mm, is history. Mover. Here we are. Mover. You're a fast mover. Okay. No, well, uh, the, one of the important things to, to let you know is that at the time I was a solo parent. I had two children, two previous relationship, and I ended up with them. 
because I was the more settled of the two of us. And so uh, she went back to the old crowd and I had these two children and I was living in a mixed flat with all my friends from Rotorua and from Hamilton and and, um, we looked after each other. We were all Christians and uh, um, they helped me with my with my two children, and then I got in a, what, what you call it in using a state house because of my situation, and so I went to live there by myself with my kids and was getting them in school, and then one day at, the, at our meeting, Angie said, look, I'm working for the government, I've got these uh, children from broken homes in the house because she's a foster parent, you know, by herself, and, I, uh, and I've got a van, a 12-seater van that government pays for, I've got four kids, and I said, anyone here want me to take their kids away for the weekend? And I said, yep, take mine. <laughs> so she started doing that and bringing them back. And, you know, I just got to really like her. I, I thought, man, if I've got another chance again, it'll be Ainsley. And, yeah. Uh, eventually, I told my pastor. My pastor said, well, tell her. I said, no, no, I'm too scared. <laughs> but I did. I, eventually, it took me a long time to, you know, because, you know, the lifestyle that I came from, you're not honest with people. You don't tell them you like them. Mm. You just kind of make suggestions or give them the eye and across mm. a crowded room and stuff. But this is the first time that I actually, because the, the pastor said to me, if you just be honest with her, it'll be a good foundation for your relationship. Start yeah. with, with no darkness. So I did that. And we're, we're almost out of time, but Steve, I'm just wondering if you're able just to share a bit about your faith. So you shared about how you came to Christ. Ainsley shared how about she came to Christ mm. and you know, there might be people listening that have never actually heard the gospel mm. and don't know how to give the heart to Jesus. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how mm. do people respond? Mm. Well, the gospel is a journey with God, and uh, it starts from right where you are right now, and it takes you right through your whole life to the other side of life. It takes you through death into eternity, so it's a permanent thing, and that's what I believe. That's what I've found now, like having been a Christian for that long. And uh, the the thing about it is that you become a Christian, you become a, a, a follower of Jesus Christ. You um, you want to be, we want Him to be your Lord and Savior, because of what the Bible has told you about it. And because I'm a Christian, I've been one for, for so long. It's real to me. And sometimes at the beginning, it's it's not real. It's just a whole lot of ideals. But the first step you do is to say to Jesus. And say to God, God, uh, I repent of my sins. And sins is just not trusting God, not believing in God. You don't have to do anything wrong. You just have to not trust God. And I repent of that. I turn my back on it. And I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior because of what he did on the cross and afterwards. And someone will have to tell you about that. (laughs) And uh, I haven't got the time here, but when you do that, you say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I want to give myself to you, <coughs> excuse me, mm. as, a, as a follower. And uh, you pray that, and you, and you ask God to take you on further mm. from there. That's good. Best decision you could ever make. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can see that you guys love Jesus in your music, uh, getting to know you guys. You know, you really got a heart for God, a heart to worship Him, and a heart for people, which is really what... Uh, being a follower of Jesus is because Jesus always cared for the last, the least, and the lost. Yeah. And um, now you guys also are at the Sunshine Coast, 
and you do a Sunday afternoon gospel in the garden yeah. uh, where people just come along and you sing some hymns and some gospel songs and whatever yeah. and have a bit of fellowship. Uh, so if people want to connect with you, they can look you up. Steve and Ainsley Apparana, search up on Facebook and connect. And uh, you still do a bit of singing in churches and travelling as well. So yeah, people want to get in contact, look up Steve and Ainsley Apparana. It's been so good to hear your story today, guys. You. I reckon you're history makers. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Matt Prater's latest book is now available. History Makers, Devotions, Downloads and Dad Jokes. It will take you on a journey through God's Word and will hopefully give you a few laughs along the way. It's just $15 plus postage. Order now at historymakersradio.com. Discounts available for bulk orders. The heart behind this book is to challenge people to get into the habit of daily devotions with Jesus. Find out more at historymakersradio.com. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.